Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. We are here. Welcome to episode number 29. At least for me, it's been super busy, and I can't believe it's already Friday. They were recording. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. Time flies when you're having fun. Even more fun. So I have a, uh, uh, I think it's a really funny story, perhaps because it's about my neighbor across the street. I'll just jump right into it. So I think I mentioned like a month ago, the house across the street from me, or maybe it was on Twitter or something. Hey, it's for sale. And I mentioned, and I made fun of it a little bit because it's 860 square feet. It's like the smallest house in the neighborhood (laughs) and it's listed right at 200,000. And it's, it's, I'm like, how is that listed for that? I thought it was absurd and there's no for sale sign. So I found it on Zillow before I even saw that it was for sale. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, but there's finally a for sale sign up and I was really impressed and it's for sale by (laughs) owner. I'm like, and it's a, it's an older guy that owns it. He's probably in his early eighties, I believe. Um, Yeah. And so I'm like, he got this thing totally backwards and it took him, it took him and whoever else he hired. They kind of remodeled it, updated it, so it wasn't super old, but it's still like, okay, I don't know if that's worth 200000 Now, what kind of person do you think would buy that house? Like, what's the target demo? Ooh, for that? He is hoping it is someone from up north that's coming uh, down. And You think he thought that it was just going to sell really quick and yeah, that it didn't? Or I don't know, because he put on Zillow, but there's no sign. So even if you do like a drive-by, in my mind, I'm like, you might think, oh, it's, is it actually for sale? Like, I see the picture on Zillow, but it's not, there's nothing at all. And it says for sale by owner, no realtor, of course. Um, but he got the sign up, which is good. And I've seen some people stop by and I've seen the activity definitely pick up since the sign has gone up there, but it made me think, and this guy, I'm impressed. Like he put on Zillow first, but I'm like, what if you just would have put the sign up like a month ago? Maybe it could have been sold. Um, I think we sometimes could miss the basics and then we jump to like, Hey, we got to do this really cool thing that I just learned about versus like, oh, we have all these quick moving homes with no pictures. I feel like this past week and a half, you've been talking a lot about people who have events that they want to promote and make mm-hmm. sure people attend. And so they're saying, hey, can we get you know some ad creative built out for this event? And then you look on the site itself and there's nowhere to yeah. see that there is an event from the thousands of people who I are know. visiting there, regardless of an ad or no ad. They're, yeah. just, they're already there and they could know about your event too. Yeah. And the amount of money, and especially because that is, as we talked about, like the, the best quality traffic would be you know, organic traffic and then pay-per-click and then kind of down the list there down to Facebook. So if organic traffic, which should be the most qualified, most interested, if they're not seeing the promotion, <clears throat> it's like, don't, don't skip those people. They're, they'll, they're the ones that are going to show up who already know about you. Um, yeah. Put it on the site. My story is, you know, we have a holiday coming up on Monday that I had no clue was here (laughs) because my kids are homeschooled and I work from home and I don't really read the news much. uh, I had no idea until two days ago when one of our builder partners sent me an email and said, you know, maybe we should circle up on that after the holiday. And I was like, holiday, what holiday? And I got on Google and I'm (laughs) what what holiday is coming up? Uh, Uh, And so Mm. we don't really have plans for this weekend um even though it's going to be great weather but it totally caught me off guard and it reminded me a little bit of my first year working in home building and marketing um i was fresh out of school 2003 working for a home builder in central ohio and 
you know, it was like on a Wednesday and just kind of casually as if it was no big deal. The office manager was like, oh yeah, Kevin, you know, I got an email from the Home Builder Association and, you know, our eight entries that the division president wants in the Parade of Homes or the, not the Parade of Homes, but the um, local event like mm-hmm. that you'd submit your awards to, like those are all due on Friday. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. First of all, pause. What is the Home Builders Association? What is the Sales <laughs> yeah. and Marketing Awards? And how do I enter? And what's involved? And she's like, oh, I don't know. So-and-so took care of it last year. It's really, I don't think it's a big deal. Well, it is, you know, like you have to get copies of all the floor plans, go out and take pictures if you don't have pictures. I mean, it was, that was all I worked on for the next two days. And then of course, everything else suffered. And kind of <laughs> the application there for me is, and I may have talked about this before, but someone had hired a fairly new person in their marketing department mm-hmm. and it, about two months went by and they're like, you know, Kevin, this is the owner talking. I'm not sure this person's working out. I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, are they not? They're taking, showing up, right? Get, yeah. They're, yeah, they're showing <laughs> up. They're, they're, they're doing what you ask them to do. Oh yeah, I'm, they're, they're doing what I'm asking them to do, but they, they always seem a little bit behind or, you know, they're, I just, by this point, I think they should have figured it all out. I was like, hold on there, buddy. You need to give them a full year because there are so many things that are cyclical in, in the marketing oh, yeah. uh, department for a home builder. And there's the spring rush, which if you aren't told that's going to happen, you're like, wait a minute, why is it so much busier? And there's so much more activity going on. And then there's different parts of the year where communities launch and when they don't launch because you can't pave. And then you've got the award season and then the parade of homes. And um, just every time you feel like you're just constantly on the defensive that first year when you're working for a home builder. and so. Just give yourself uh, a little bit of credit if you're brand new in the role. It's going to take you at least a full year before you feel like you can be proactive. Definitely. I think I felt the same way my first year with with Do You Convert, DYC. <laughs> and I've been doing... Tell me more work. about that. Tell me more about that. Well, yeah, let's tell me. Let's tell you more about that. Because <laughs> I've been agent, not agency, but digital marketing since 2009. I'm trying to do the math. Uh-huh. Nine. And all over the place, e-commerce and then uh, attorneys and then work with builders. And every builder is different. We have quite a few builders that we work with. Every single one is unique. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just not catch up game because that's not, not, not what I'm saying, but just the nuances of how this one works and that one works and that one works. And I'm not even there day to day. Yeah, let alone understanding the difference between a plan, a floor plan, an actual mm-hmm. inventory home. What is a spec? What is a QMI? <laughs> you know, just all, all of the that, other different QMI pieces. QMI versus sure. move in ready versus ready to move in. Is it all the same? Versus ready now. Yeah. Versus ready now. Ready now. <laughs> that one's my favorite because that implies it is now. Like ready. Yes, it's ready now. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. Ready now. Yeah, when it closes, it'll be ready now. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All Sneaky. right. Let's shift. Let's shift into the news. This first oh, one, yeah. take it away, Andrew. Where's it from? Take it away. This is from searchengineland.com, one of my favorites. I believe it was three weeks ago, we talked about Google ads creating these responsive ads. And if we take a history lesson real quick, we had standard text ads, which I don't remember those. That's what mm-hmm. you used to have for a long time. And then they created expanded text ads, which just had a longer description. And now phase three is you have these responsive ads, which you could have up to 15 unique headlines, 30 characters each. That's a lot of headlines. And then I believe it's five descriptions up to 90 characters each. So you have a lot of room to write. And then what what Google will do is combine those together and make a unique ad with this one 
you have one screen where you're creating all these different headlines, big list of them in the descriptions, and then Google, depending on what they type in and, and what they believe will be the best combination, they'll merge it together and make this super ad to show someone. Yeah, I think they're just grooming you to totally I think take so. over, right? It's just, it's prepping more and more to let an AI of some type mm -hmm. just do do the heavy lifting for you. Yep. Just give us so a whole bunch of general concepts and let us worry about stitching it which together. Which one's the best? That's right. So, which is cool. And I, it, it forces better stuff. And so the, the cool part is what it forces. It gives you this ad strength meter. And what that is doing is the quantity of say headlines you could have three to 15 if you give three that's not strong they want more and then also measures the uniqueness of the headlines and descriptions so you can't just like change the order with the same words that's yeah, almost the this, same thing the psychology here just cracks me up it's it is literally like mm -hmm. how can we train people to do what we want give them a benchmark that we define what it is yep because and i I'm, it's not that i'm poo-pooing any of of the progressive where they want to go here. It's just that, Andrew, what if you write the best ad and it's Ever. the best yeah. from the, from the get go. That's uh, true. Or, and it's always yeah. best in terms of what happens once they get there on mm -hmm. the site, not, not just clicking on the ad. So I just, it just, the psychology that they use to try to train us is what I think is really fascinating. This ad strength indicator that never even existed before and still doesn't mean your ads necessarily doing well, it, just, we no, think no, no. we could build yep. a better ad based on the recipe you've given us. Correct. Yep. And we know we, we, we preach like, hey, you need this in the ad. You need that in the ad price mm -hmm. and location. And after that, it does matter. But like you need to have the minimum price and location as if they're doing a Zillow search. So it needs to be the same type of thing. We need to qualify them somehow. Yep. So make sure that's in there. But after that, you can test different descriptives. And, and that it would be interesting to see just because now you're forced to actually think about different copy. Um, yeah. So that's the exciting part for me. But it, it's also like, well, how, how many different ways can I say? Starting from the beautiful. low 200s. This, yeah. <laughs> starting from the, from the price, from the... Well, that, yeah, I could, mean, that's the biggest part is making sure price. that price stays in there no matter what. Like, I would, feel free to change the rest, Mr. AI bot, but I don't mm -hmm. want people who can't afford my, my home clicking on it. Yep. And you can, which is cool, in the headlines and description, you could like pin the good. most important ones so you can okay, make sure good. like price is first or location is first and then after that they can rotate out so it does give you enough control to to make sure it's somewhat what you want got um, it yeah so it's it's all in the right good. direction but everyone doing it like it's kind of like it's not like you get to have responsive ads and no and the competitors do not so it's just elevating everybody's ads which mm -hmm. then the net effect is well does it really matter um yeah, if that makes any sense. If everyone's yeah. ad is good, then everyone's ad is good. Yep. Even if they were good five years ago. Um, yeah. Just all oh, depends right. on the definition of good in terms of what they do once they get to you. That's mm -hmm. the main thing to, to keep in mind. All right, what's up? What's up next? From marketingland.com, which is a partner of searchengineland.com, obviously with the domain name. <laughs> So this article is how to find good writers and other content marketing struggles. Mm -mm. And I like this one because I think this is a huge struggle for a lot of, a lot of builders. Yep. And I think it's a time thing with who is in charge of content on the website, which is usually the person doing yeah. all the marketing for everything. And, and going to expect, back to the story, yeah. if it's their first mm -hmm. year and they're always behind, you just like, 
Hey, this why doesn't even happen. Yeah. Three hours to, you know, interview and get sample work from different local copywriters. <laughs> like, or, <laughs> yeah. Or try to do it yourself. It, like, oh, I, yeah, I could write uh-huh. one blog post a week or I could update one. Well, yep. if I update one community page a week, that's 52 weeks in a year. We don't even sell in 52 communities. That's, of course, that will happen. And then, it, and then zero things happen. So this would be, I, I think it's super important if you could somehow outsource that or find a writer locally um, mm-hmm. online. It really doesn't matter. And so this gives the struggle one through five and all the different challenges, actually one through six, of all the different challenges of, of managing that process, which I think can be difficult because everyone can write sort of, but can they write well is the hard part. And so it, and grading that as I think is even harder, like, Hey, how do I find a mm-hmm. good writer? So this is definitely a, a read on your own and then yeah, see if you can apply depth, it because there's good. so many little things, um, to go in there and they give you resources to take their writing samples and see, is it actually readable? Is that a word? I don't even know. Yeah, that's it, a word. how easy is it to read? Um, mm-hmm. or is it too keyword heavy, which would be not good, you know, Homes for sale in Tampa. We have the best homes in Tampa. It's the best builder in Tampa. You know that wouldn't that wouldn't read right. Google wouldn't like it because they think you're trying to manipulate. Okay, so did you see the, what I think is? And again, this is a great article. But did you see the like hidden prize of? I can't believe they did that on this article. I didn't. I didn't. There is no struggle number three. So they they oh, list out struggle one through five. six. One, maybe that yeah two. it says struggle one through six and the but there's only five so that I, is awesome. i don't know if that's a joke like in and of itself <laughs> i think someone might be i hope there i hope it's a joke and that's why i said five because i saw the headlines that's yeah. awesome <laughs> anyway <Number three>. <laughs> moving on to later. the next one so this one's a, a two for one Ooh. um Links to all this, of course, in the show notes. But the first is a professional builder article that I wrote uh, that that just was published about fix how to fix a broken community, and that's still the most popular episode of the podcast yet, episode number four. Mm-hmm. We'll link to that. But basically, to to lead into the second part of the article, which is the newest article, kind of the part two that Andrew wrote, is it really just breaks down the funnel, you know, from home shoppers to online visitors to leads to appointments to sales. You know, how to analyze each one of those and see where the gap is that you can identify where you need to invest your time and and strategy. And that's really, again, you can go back and listen to episode four or read the article um, from the show notes. And that really just leads us into the article that you just published yesterday on Mm doyouconvert.com, I think, right? Which um, I love your like huge disclaimer. The most important part is to analyze all the data and then figure out what's wrong. But this article kind of assumes what, what part of it's broken. This definitely focuses on what can marketing control, which is you know promotion and the conversion rates if we use a landing page. So it goes, yeah, three steps or three different tactics. If you increase the traffic on the site, you know how much do you actually need? And hopefully people can, I, I love Excel. I'm a super nerd with Excel. Um, and I always assume that everyone else loves Excel. So I have these super dorky screenshots in the article itself. And I assume everyone can can make the formulas, but if not, if not yeah. Google how to do it, it's just simple math, you know, conversion rates and, and all that. And then it uses, okay, we need another, we need 4,000 sessions because we need to meet three sales, which means we need X amount of leads. And it just does the math for you. So you go, oh, geez, well, this, it, in my mind, it kind of goes to like, oh, Marketing cannot fix everything if it's this bad, 
right? It can definitely help. Um, mm -hmm. But like, oh, if we need 3,000 sessions and say we pay 50 cents per or a dollar, that's 1500 to $3,000, um, which to sell two more homes, that's, that's probably okay. If, if it's a broken community, we need to get something going. And then it has the, the second example is if, well, what if we just do a landing page? So we keep traffic about the same. We create a landing page. But then I also adjust in there, which I think is super important and can be missed, is, well, the traffic to lead conversion rate will go up, but the leads to appointment conversion rate will definitely go down for landing page leads. So then it puts that in there. So yeah. you might have, you might go from, in my, my example, you go from 30 leads to 180 leads. Awesome. But the appointment level stays the same. So I, I wasn't being, I wasn't giving marketing too much, too much influence. And then the, <laughs> the last would be just remarketing um, campaigns, which I, I think that's back to the basics. Sometimes that is forgotten about, um, especially if, uh -huh. if you think like, hey, there's three communities in this area. If they've been on this community and maybe we did not on day one when they visited that community page, we did not have pictures about the, I don't know, the amenities, which would be crazy. So we could remarket and show off mm -hmm. something exciting about that um, community in particular. Yeah, I think what I love about it is, you know, the first one just says, hey, if you can afford to use if you don't have the attention yep. and you're going to have to spend attention. the money, mm -hmm. you're answering the question that I didn't cover in the article, which is how do you determine how much you need to spend? Uh, you know, kind of working the math backwards to get to yep. what you what you need, assuming that everything else is the same. The second one, you know, it could be landing page or it could be just making better calls to action on the site itself, Correct. either one. But you're mm -hmm. addressing getting more leads. And you're right, the appointments may not all show up, but what it does create typically is at least more conversations. So it gives you more uh, qualitative data to say, hey, online salesperson, you know, you're still maybe struggling getting the appointment number you want, but you're talking to way more people. And so give us more feedback on what are they saying Definitely. that prevents them from, from scheduling an appointment. And sometimes though, if everything is working except for the, the lead part, there, there are certainly times where the landing page doesn't have to always cause um, a lower appointment rate. Every once in a while, you get lucky, and it j simply just is that yep. people are interested. You just don't have a clear next step, and that that can solve it for you. And then the remarketing, the other thing to that is email marketing. Yes. And that's the only other thing you can really, mm -hmm. the easy button is, ha have I been promoting this community at all through my email campaigns in the last you know couple weeks or months? And if not, then that's an easy one, but you better have a compelling reason other than just this exists. Oh, for sure. Uh, to make sure, you know, different floor plan, different. Uh, it could be as simple as we just added uh, 15 new photos of this community. Check it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we need a part three of this is um, mm -hmm. so we have like the your first article. I would say that's like the director level mindset. Yep. The second one uh -huh. is like, okay, now solve this problem, Mr. Marketing Nerd. That's mine. And the third one would be for the OSC or the online sales role. What can they do? Yeah. What can they do to reignite a community? And you just, that last one's like, well, you already have 50 people interested. When's the last time you talked to them? Um, yep. Uh, I don't know, a month ago. And so that would be part three. I will Slack someone right now. <laughs> get them to write it <laughs> yeah because we don't want to touch that one no i'm just kidding we'll we'll let the experts mike and mike or jen that's right tackle that all right and then last but not least we've got uh jen barkin's uh awesome article perhaps the best uh image of any blog post that we published this year i agree 
from the Dirty Dancing movie with the very first line of the article is the quote from Johnny Castle saying, nobody puts baby in the corner. Mm, <laughs> um, love it. And even though this is for online salespeople, the reason I wanted to cover it quickly here is just that a lot of times for smaller builders, especially who have made the leap to have an online salesperson, that person's still heavily involved in lead gen as well. And so some of these things, really the point of the article is it's all on you, you know, start owning the role, uh, assume the leadership position, don't just say I'm on an island and I'm all by myself. Okay, control it, take, take, take the reins. And so when you when I say these things, which are main pieces of the article, you know, educate your team. Yeah, you better do that about how you're getting leads and how you're not getting leads. Hey, those billboards aren't doing anything for us. And these Facebook ads, even though you may not see them, are. Know your numbers. You you better have a clue, um, even as an online salesperson, where your leads are coming from. Uh, create a backup plan for when you're out. Uh, control the coming soon process. Stay ahead of the curve. So many of these things apply to all roles, but especially if you are an online salesperson listening to the podcast and you interact with somebody on the marketing end for lead gen, like 95% of this correlates as well. Oh, yeah. To that, to that role. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorites from Jen. Like all time, top two, top three. And the ownership part is what, what I really resonates for us marketers like it's yours and people expect it to be all yours even when maybe yep. it shouldn't only be all yours as far as the decision making and, and insights but yeah awesome read all right that'll do it for the news we're going to take a quick break and after that we will be back with meredith oliver yes meredith awesome. the one the only she's the president and creative director of meredith communications you're gonna you already know her so we won't introduce her, but we'll let her tell you maybe a little bit more than you may know already about her. And then we're going to get into just an, a good in-depth chat about, of course, digital marketing, but also a little bit about what's going on in model homes these days, too. Awesome. We'll be right back. And we're back with Meredith Oliver, CSP, Merm, entrepreneur, digital interpreter. You all know her. You've seen her at the Builder Show. You've 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 been to like every Builder Show or headlined every Builder Show since I feel like I've been in the business. So yeah, there's that, right? So <laughs> so I I am older than people think I am, but hopefully that's a good thing because I have really good beauty products. So, yes. yeah, and right. So that very I good fashion sense, whether it's jewelry oh, or shoes. Thank Just, you. Yeah. Am I right? Your your shoes have their own Twitter profile. It's Instagram. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew yes. there was something. So if you weren't sure that I'm truly a digital marketer at heart, uh, one of my main credentials is my shoes have their own Instagram channel like that's that's a digital marketer for you right i mean yeah right Uh, yeah yeah this will be my 18th builder show um in january 2019 that consecutively that that i've spoken at yeah some people may be surprised that meredith is on our podcast you should not be surprised because meredith one is great She's got a lot of good content. She's out there to help. The second reason you should not be surprised is that we're not here to promote or do anything. This is just about having good conversations. 
and trying to elevate the conversation for all builders around digital marketing. And there's no reason not to have someone like Meredith on. Thanks. Um, thanks again for being here. We're going to have fun. Yeah, I um, always have fun. <laughs> That's definitely one of the hallmarks of uh, working with us or attending one of my programs. Uh, I don't like to be bored. So if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I love it. You've been speaking at the Builder Show's 18 in a, in a row, right? Yeah, this Next year. Time. This year will be 18. That yep. is awesome. Mm-hmm. When did you first start working with Builders? I'd say it was 20 years ago. Yeah, because I I originally started out at this uh, association in Orlando, the Greater Orlando Home Builders Association. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was I was on staff there, and that's how I got to know the industry. I did not know you were um, somewhat from Florida because I'm over here, Tampa area. Yeah. That is awesome. Super yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I um, grew up from very early, like, I don't know, two years old, we moved to Orlando and I stayed there all the way through college, through my first couple of career moves. Uh, all told, I was in Orlando 35 years. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's and crazy. so, and yeah, until we moved to Raleigh in 2010. So that was a big deal for me to leave there, but it's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I w- had a master's degree in marketing communications. And in my master's degree program, one of the other Uh, people in the program. She was the current communications director at the Home Builders Association. And she was expecting her first child and didn't want to continue to work full time and convinced her boss to hire me. And (laughs) so I left this horrible job selling in the healthcare industry. That's how I got my sales chops was Mm, uh, door to door selling in the healthcare industry and calling on physicians. Yeah, that was not fun. No. And um, <laughs> you're going to like this, Kevin, on my first day at the Home Builders Association, my executive director boss, who was former military, uh, he preferred it when I answered him, <laughs> hoorah, or uh, 10-4, uh, took me aside and was like, hey, uh, I'm going to go down to the kitchen. Would you like anything to drink? And I was like, oh, could, could I have a bottle of water, please? Because I was from button down <laughs> Navy Blue Healthcare. And he goes... Well, I'm unlocking the liquor cabinet, honey. So you're going to have to go stronger than that. <laughs> and I went, oh my. I'm not in healthcare anymore. I, yeah. something has happened. Yeah. So military is probably the closest thing to home building. Home building, like, right? Yeah, yeah. I figured out really quick that if I would answer him in military terms, I could quickly become his favorite employee. And so he, um, he was an awesome boss. I loved him. And he taught him and the home builders uh, taught me what I needed to know about the industry. I ran the parade of homes. I ran the home and garden show. You know, I did all that uh-huh. um, until I got lured away by this company called homebuilder.com, which uh, now we would know as move uh-huh. and yeah. BDX new home source and all that. And I had no idea that you had <laughs> been there previously. That was so cool. I saw I that on your LinkedIn profile today. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole crew of us, uh, Mitch Levinson, Tammy Smoot, myself. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a whole original crew of us that really launched that. So that's kind oh, of interesting. Geez. Yeah, for you guys, you know, you're you're so into digital marketing. And literally, this little crew of, of us, we were at the beginning of the internet. And we took what was a print publication, this print directory, right, of new homes, and converted it into an online presence right in the middle of the dot-com boom, 
Like, wow. I, I know. I'm actually old enough. I did that. It was kind of cool, right? I can totally picture a remake of the Pirates of Silicon Valley, too, with uh-huh. you and Mitch and yes, Tammy and all Tammy. like yeah. assuming the role of Steve Jobs. And, and <laughs> you know, so there we were. Yeah. And um, it was a crazy time. Um, and nobody knew what they were doing. And we just all faked it. And so we all did that a while. And then, and you know, a couple of us went out and started our own businesses from there. And God love Tammy still there doing her thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I have this mixture of this sales slash home building, corporate communications, marketing slash internet thing that kind of explains how I got here. Nice. So you've seen every trend, every new platform, MySpace, <laughs> right? goes before MySpace, Zanga, LiveJournal, all these crazy things. Yeah. Um, what, have, what have you seen as, as far as the, the bigger changes from those days to, say, 2018 now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest evolution is when social layered on top of basic digital search and just that connect connecting of everyone and the conversation that has ensued both good and bad uh you mm-hmm. know that really was the next level of impact if i boiled it down very very simply we went away from being passive to interactive to yeah. being not just interactive like online calculator interactive but like talking to other humans interactive. yeah yeah and then i would say the third one then has been the evolution of mobile and how now we've got the ability to research and get all the information we could possibly get our hands on. We can connect with each other and converse with each other in a different way. And we can do all of that with something in our pocket that's as powerful as what used to sit on our desk. So, you know, I'd say throw mobile in there, uh, you know, yeah. and it's and it's exciting to see what what will be next. You know, there will be something. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, I don't yeah. know. There, it's, yeah, it is inevitable. Yeah. Do you, let's do some speculation. Do you think it will be, uh, say, VR, AR, 360, something in that route, or something that we don't even know about yet because it's not made? Yeah, right. So the thing about the VR that I think kind of really holds it back is the adult generation. So take anybody like X up. They just really don't want to put those headsets on their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just feel like I look stupid and I don't want to put that headset on my head. Yeah. Um, my son like <laughs> does it like in two seconds, no problem. It doesn't bother him. So I'm not quite sure how the VR is going to play out. AR yeah. has a lot more potential, right? Because that's just coming up off your tablet screen or your phone screen. My dad is 76, I think. Mm-hmm. And... I almost don't want him to put it on because I think if he like if he had like some kind of inner ear thing or lost his balance, like he oh, might yeah. break a bone and not walk again. <laughs> Vert- vertigo <laughs> issues like, or something. Sit yeah. down before you try this. Break if you hip. do yeah. try it. Yeah. I mean, the thing mm-hmm. I I was really impressed. The number one thing that I walked away from the 2018 builder show was as I walked the show floor, there was booth after booth after booth with VR headsets in the booths as a way of interacting with people stopping by their booth. Mm -hmm. And they were not technology companies. Like I would expect if I walked by, you know, whatever ABC technology company for builders, they're using those and they're selling that technology, but these were flooring companies and 
fixtures and all these other things. And I thought to myself, I might be a little behind on this. I need to like understand how all this works better because it was much more prevalent and being used than I realized. So yeah, it's got some potential. It's there. I don't think it's going to be as big as uh, social or mobile as far as a kind of a global thing impacting how we all operate. Gotcha. I really think it's that it's not fun and exciting as designers or creative folks to think about, but I think just data and AI yeah. are going to be a much bigger part yeah. of it. And it's going to push a lot of people out uh, or the positions to be unnecessary, which is scary too, but I just don't see any way that that, that isn't kind of the next big yeah. shift. That was a big topic uh, at MozCon. I was able to go and attend and speak at MozCon this year, which, yeah, if you're not familiar, uh, for those of you that are listening, that's a search engine optimization conference. It's it's a really pretty prestigious one, well attended. And uh, Kevin, AI was the main thing they were, you know, talking about was how you could incorporate some of that into analyzing all of your reporting and your data and your numbers. And if you want some of the most entertaining reading of your life, I'll have to find it and put it in the show notes. But there is somewhere on Twitter you can watch like it's kind of a meme thing. So I know you'd like it too, Andrew. But oh, yeah. It's, it's like I forced a bot to watch a thousand hours of Shark Tank and this is what they wrote. as oh, like their own, their own episode. That. I That's love fantastic. that. That's fantastic. Awesome. And it's like. <laughs> The shark Cuban looks disdainfully and it's, it's, it's hilarious. You got to, you got to check is. it out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you have also written three books. Yeah. Uh, right. And yeah. I, I can't even <laughs> fathom that because I am holding my pre-press version with the library of Congress, uh, control number <laughs> here for pre-sale without fail. So it's about to oh. go to print Yay! and I thought it might kill me. Like I, right? it was way easier. It would have been easier just to rewrite an entire book than take yeah. an ebook and turn it into a book. But does it get easier no. writing after your first one? <laughs> no, it'll, it'll, <laughs> nearly, it. it'll nearly kill you every time. <laughs> um, and the thing is, is the three I have, uh, the oldest one, Click Power, uh, I'm on revision five. Like I, every 18, oh, wow. 24 months, I do a massive revision on it because I don't want them to be dated since they're yeah. talking about digital so, I mean, I've really done like 15 across the three Ugh. by the time I've done all the revisions. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, um, sounds it's brutal. kind of the same answer wow. I have to tell people when when they find uh, out I have four kids, they always say, oh, <laughs> does it get easier? No. I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, Not really. they all have to be fed. Yeah. So, um, no, it doesn't. But... Uh, my processes of how to create one, um, my ability to be creative and uh-huh. to be creative more on demand. Now that has improved over time. Yeah, uh, I can totally see that. And that's why yes. I started blogging back when I did is just it, the yes. more you think structurally, the what you need to do when you're writing something, the better prepared yep. you are to be unconsciously competent to talk about it. Meredith, what would you say is your superpower? What are you best at? <laughs> well, my super- besides shoe shoe collecting. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, what activates my superpower are my high heel shoes. Uh, people 
laugh at me about those shoes. And I, it is kind of embarrassing that they have their own channel. It was actually a client suggestion. I'm not vain enough to have thought of that on my own. <laughs> I promise. Um, somebody said to me one time, you have great shoes. You should, your shoes should have an Instagram channel and the digital marketer in me can, you know, resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but my, my high heels just activate my superpower, which is that I, I have to try. Like I am a person who when, once I come up with an idea or I decide this is what I'm going to do, like I can't be stopped. <laughs> and, I, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad, but you know, I, I'm just, I'm one of the hardest working people you'll ever meet. Yeah. I think, you know, grit is definitely a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work really hard. Um, I work hard to do a great job for my clients. I work hard on my own skill set. I'm constantly developing. I mean, maybe that's it even more as I'm a lifelong learner. I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. And I'm soaking in new information and new books and new teachers and new coaches constantly, you know, produce good work. I love it. I when you said, you know, sometimes that's to my detriment, I was thinking about <laughs> myself and Facebook lead ads when they first came out. And I wanted so badly for those to work out somehow, some way, somehow. Right. And then son of a gun, just, you know, after three, no. four months of trying everything, it's like, nope, those just, those people have no idea what they just did. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're a lead and they don't know it. <laughs> they don't know they it. Don't so they're it. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I've had many of those epic fails. Um, I had a professional epic fail in December of last year that was just horrible and like, like the humiliating kind, you know, and it was just, oh God, it took me six months to shake that off. But I did. And I figured out the lesson in it. Like I wouldn't quit processing it internally until I found the lesson in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by grit and lifelong learner. Like even though that the particular experience did not turn out the way I had hoped rather embarrassingly. So, and wasn't really all even completely my fault that it didn't, but it didn't. And I just kept processing it and reframing it and working on it until I could find the lesson. Yep. You know, and then once I found it, I figured out how to apply that to myself. And uh, there are elements of my career that have never been better as a result, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. You just have to weather it out, I guess. Right. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. I I think for me, it's like the confidence to accomplish something like I can work through this. And and for us, like on the more technical, tactical side, sometimes it's just, where's that stupid button at? Or I know this is how I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z, but the, the confidence to go, okay, I can solve this. Yeah. I can oh, let's it. just all have a moment here to ourselves. Pretend that no one else is listening as That's three right. people who create content and put it out there. Yeah. You just, you, you cannot listen or pay attention. That's why I don't, it's nothing against other mediums and, and people who do it. I just generally don't pay much attention to, to feedback and that can be bad, but you just, you know, you know, when people yeah. see my book, they're going to be like, oh, it's only 85 pages. Like, oh, um, yeah. And you don't do any of it still is going to be what I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind. But yeah. you just know you're like, as soon as it goes out there, someone's going to dig on it. And you can't let that deter you from launching. You just no, can't. Mm. you can't. And 
there, you know, there's all obviously all kinds of feedback and there's all kinds of agendas that come with feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been a constant challenge for me over my career. There have been times where the feedback really knocked my confidence down, but somehow I just have never not had the initiative, like Andrew said, just to push the button. Yep. Like that, I don't, I honestly, I honestly don't know what that looks like. Cause <laughs> if there's a button, I'm pushing it. Push and it. I don't mean, <laughs> you know, and I don't mean that literally, I just mean yeah. once I have mm-hmm. an idea in my head, oh, you know, I, I mean, I was sitting, I was in my move.com shirt in the whatever year builder show is selling out of their booth. And I, I told him I had to go to the bathroom, but I was actually sneaking into the sales rally. And I sat in the back row of the super sales rally and Tom Ritchie was on stage, and Bob Schultz and Melinda Brody and all. And I, nobody was talking about the internet and there was only one woman on the stage. And, you know, the thought happened, I could do that. And that's uh-huh. what I should be doing. And like once that button, so to speak, yep. appeared in front of me, there was nothing mm-hmm. to do but push it. Like there was just nothing to do. Like it just has to be done. We're going to switch a little bit to the builder focus. And, and yeah. to me, it, I, I think builders have trouble actually pushing the button sometimes when it comes to digital <laughs> changes. What Definitely. do you think um, builders struggle with the most when it comes specifically to their website? Yeah. So for us, it's always content and a lack of content. Sounds familiar. Yes, it does. (laughs) Right. So we could design the most beautiful site or even just average mediocre site uh, that maybe because sites today, the design isn't even the thing, right? They're super white and clean and pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It's really the picture inside the frame that makes it something. And that, that picture is their content. And the bigger piece of that's not the written content. We could ghostwrite that. It's the visual content. It's the creation and production of visual content. So just constantly educating and consulting and just trying to get that message across. Yeah, I can't. Whenever someone talks about going through a, a website design process, home builder or not, My single, I feel like best piece of advice is when it comes to designing it, just grab a piece of paper or use some basic design program, make boxes, circles, buttons, shapes, because it's so easy to just think based upon a mock-up with an amazing photo that you, you know, internally you feel like, oh yeah, I could, I could get those on all my homes, no problem, but you won't. And so if you, if the design works just because of that placeholder image that you fall in love with. It's not going to work for you nine yeah. out of 10 times once you sell that one home you have the great photo of. Yeah. Sure. And we we design in a way where we're, I guess, <laughs> we're, we're a very practical, uh, the way that shop, the way that we think, right? Yeah. So we know builders, we know what the content possibilities are. We're, we're trying to create something that's easy to manage, for them to manage for sure. and manage it well. Okay. And just kind of knowing the typical content they're going to have. So we're trying to even take that into account as we're doing it, instead of creating something that we know is going to be completely impossible for them to to manage. Uh, But even still, it's just content. So 
you know, if you feel like you have a pretty good site right now, let's, I tell people, if you think you've got a B plus A minus site and it's doing all right, go invest in some content, Mm -hmm. invest in those photographs and the videos and the interactive elements, Uh, just put down as big a budget number on that as you possibly can. I love it. Yep. Yes. Big budget on the content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And it, it'll take a B plus to an A plus just by replacing and all of that and making it better. Without a doubt. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. Uh, yeah. What do you find home builders struggle with most when it comes to online advertising? Same, same thing. They just don't have the content or is there conceptual issues with no. going digital that they struggle with? Uh, I don't know if it's conceptual. I think they get sold a lot. Ooh, Bye. tell me more. You're speaking <laughs> think, my love language here. That's right. Yeah. I I mean they call me up and they're like such and such companies called us and we're going to get 500,000 impressions and it's going to generate all this traffic and all blah 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 and I'm like, "Why didn't you ask me first before you signed that?" <laughs> so I feel like they get sold a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't you? can't dis I mean I can't agree with that statement more. <laughs> It's why, I mean, before I ever came to work with Mike, I love talking to home builders just on the phone or whenever they would, they would call me after I published the book to ask questions or pick my brain. And and they would always be like, do you want something? Like, do you want me to, you know, a gift card or like, what do you, I just wasted an hour of your life. And I was like, I just, I am you, I am a builder and I hate it when people get ripped off. I don't mind if if you win or lose is not important. That's, that's why I love the podcast and, and why we're doing it is I just, just don't act. So many builders act out of fear or fear combined with ignorance or fear combined with jealousy because another builder is doing it Mm -hmm. or because an expert, you know, in quotation marks, said this is the next big thing. And it just, it's so distracting and so wasteful. I know. Uh, and, and just insulting, really, to, to home yeah. builders. I think there are people outside our industry who are like, I have this new pretty thing. What vertical mm-hmm. could I go after? Let's go after the home builders who don't know better. Yeah. They have revenue. And they, yeah, yeah and they get, they get sold. And so I feel like we have this, paradox or this weird uh, conflicting thing as digital marketers in home building where there are some very tried and true Google ads, Facebook ads, Google organic search. Mm -hmm. There are some very tried and true digital marketing channels that can absolutely produce conversions that are trackable, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yep. And, and, but I don't want to get stale because as we just talked about earlier, there's all these things that are constantly coming through and happening. And I do participate with American Marketing Association and, uh, the digital summit series that travels all around the country. And I try really, right. I try really hard to attend all that stuff because I want to make sure that I'm fresh. I'm up to date on what's going on out there, but I have to take everything I hear at those types of things and put them through my home builder filter. Yes. That's what I call it. And say, would that really work when you're a company that has, you know, a very finite location type of product, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Like a builder does versus a business to business service type of product or a product like a flat screen TV, you could literally order from anywhere in the world and get it delivered, right? So um, I'm constantly 
trying to make sure I'm I'm listening for new stuff, but at the same time, there's a very specific dynamic that we have in our industry in order to get conversions. And I just hate it when they get sold. Well, because it takes away the resources to do those basic things well. I mean, right? Yep. Zillow is a great platform. I think builders should absolutely be there. And the dot, dot, dot at the end of my sentence is if you can afford it and if you're already doing everything else well. So much of what people ask me to talk about is what are the other things besides everything you just said that we know works. And so that's what people hear. Mm -hmm. But it's always an asterisk of once you get all the other stuff taken place. And a lot of times, once you fix your budget and, and get content stuff down and get those basics there, then that's where I found myself as a builder at some point saying, I have this extra $90,000 sitting in my budget. And I don't even think I could spend all of it well on the basics because I'm already doing them good enough. So now what else should I do? Like, what's the next best thing that's still not wasteful to my builder's resources? And that's where so many of these other things come into play. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think about taking some of that money and putting it into... um things that are trending inside model homes. Um, so that, this will be two questions. Yeah. Um, what is trending inside of model homes right now when it comes to marketing that you like? Kevin mentioned earlier about VR and AR. And I, after this year, past year's Builder Show, I did make an admission to get more up to speed on everything interactive tool that goes in a model home or a sales office, depending on what your setup is. And found that you know, there's some builders out there using those tools. Uh, and then you go in the model home and it's shoved in a corner and it's not plugged in. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's an adoption level issue with, um, a lot of our sales folks and it's not any, their fault. It's, there's no blame or judgment there. Um, so I would just say that you definitely want the folks coming into your models, coming in through your sales offices to have as an interactive experience as possible. Uh, if you think about like Panera Bread that, ha- you know, introduced all the kiosks in their restaurants throughout the United States so that you could order instead of standing in line, because they figured out that the main experience people were having was at a at the busy lunchtime rush hour and it was standing in this massive line and that was not the customer experience they wanted. So by adding a digital interactive kiosk component they were able to reduce some of that friction. And it's funny some of the people still stand in line and like no one's at the kiosk. It'll take some time. <laughs> you know, but we'll get yeah. there. You know, we print our own tickets at the movie theaters, we check ourselves out at the grocery like mm-hmm. there is this uh, what an expectation of what's called self-service. So, you know, if you've got, particularly in a busy community, if you've got a pretty good traffic volume, an interactive flat screen or kiosk type thing can be a way for them to do some self-service while your salesperson kind of works multiple people at a time, reduce some of that friction. But the problem is the sales folks have to feel confident and competent using it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I've seen Mm -hmm. is just uh, even I remember when MVR acquired us at the time at Heartland, we were just using iPads with Apple TVs and and letting those stream. And 
pretty relatively inexpensive solution to do some pretty good things. And NVR is like, no, we've invested in this new technology and we're going to do these $10,000 huge touchscreen things with their own dedicated computers. And I was like, okay, seems a little bit excessive. And I went to a model and the, the regional person was like, look, isn't this great? And I was like, this is actually really impressive. I mean, it's expensive, but okay, I'm, I'm starting to get into what you're showing me here. This is pretty cool. And then they had to take a phone call outside. And so I asked the salesperson, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm fairly new to all this. So tell me, how do you use this? And she looked at me and, and kind of ch- giggled and said, I don't touch that thing at all. Because the first time I tried to use it, it, it broke and it made me look and feel stupid. And so it's not worth a commission to me to look and feel stupid. Right. And then lose the confidence to get the sale. That's so right. Like, yeah. yeah. But the salespeople who uh, learn and are willing to learn, right? And yep. actually uh, the, the research and statistics on the close rate of those sales is very strong. Mm-hmm. So if, this is the big if, if sales, marketing, and operations can all get aligned, I know it's a pink unicorn, but if they can all get aligned so that there's a the the internet connection is consistent and works well <laughs> into the thing. Like it's that simple. Like if mm-hmm. if the internet connection it, it goes up and down, I mean the salesperson's never going to use it because again they don't want to look stupid. Yep. If, if it's got the wrong plans loaded to it because marketing's not lined up, then they're not going to use it, right? So if we but if we could get all of that working, uh, the there is this expectation from our customers. They're being trained by retail, the retail, restaurant, grocery environments that oh, yeah. this technology should be here. Uh, and then the ability to create an emotional connection, particularly on a pre-sale, something that there's if you don't have that one to walk. And if you stood there and created them a custom brochure and it's got the elevations and it's got the floor plans and it's got their stuff and you could print all that out and either put it in an online account they could access later or they walk away with this customized brochure and they basically kind of built their house. That's a much stronger emotional connection and conversation than you handing them a folder with a set of generic floor plans printed in it. Yeah. And I think self-service is definitely going to be a big part of it at some point. I think right now, a lot of people sitting in model homes are thinking I'm bored out of my mind because walk-in traffic just gets, you know, the quantity gets smaller and smaller every week, it feels like, Mm -hmm. because they're doing so much online. And so I I like your point there of it's it's actually right now, the the short-term payoff is you get to go deeper with each customer. Yeah. On each visit. Yeah. And potentially even retrain them how to use if some sometimes if this display is using pieces that are on the website itself as well and they just didn't know about it. But kind of teaching and educating them live and in person on that visit and then saying, hey, you know, now that you have that account that I just saved all your all your stuff to, you can go back on or re-experience this or go back, you know, with someone else and and build a different house and see what that's like. There's just so much more yeah. upside. And in the, in the, and then the long term will be when the AI takes over and can assist you as you're building it, whether the salesperson's available or not. Yeah. And you use you know an automated entry system to get into the model at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And that'll be. So I've been doing some seminars and sales training and uh, on this topic, and I know it's not perfect, and I know we have a long way to go. And like I said, I always tell them rule number one: 
is sales, marketing, <laughs> and ops have to be aligned for this to work. Absolutely. And rule number two is refer to rule number one. And <laughs> if that's not working, then I don't blame you for not wanting to use it. And so the leadership has to hear that message as much as the salespeople have to hear that message. But if that is all aligned and yep. you've been provided training on the actual tool itself, then very frankly, it is your responsibility as a salesperson selling to the modern Homebuyer 2.0, digitally savvy, you know, incredibly social media savvy, connected, mobile, super independent homebuyer 2.0. It is your responsibility to then get up to speed. That's right. Own it. And I think it's the sales manager's responsibility to when sales, marketing, and ops are all on the same page and it works to get in, up in a sales meeting and demo the whole thing in front of their sales team confidently yes. as their own expert. Because that's, yes. you know, just like with CRM, the joke is, uh, manager, can you come here? Um, I can't get this to work. Can you show me how to do it? And the manager's <laughs> like, I have no, no idea. idea. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess I don't really have to know. Like, yeah, you, the leader yeah. has to lead. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It, it's just a fun new thing. To, to play with and figure out. And I think it can be done well. Yeah. And absolutely a differentiator. I yes. mean, if you go and visit a model home where that existed and was used even marginally well, and one where they still just had, you know, five floor plans on the wall yeah, and a static site map table with little monopoly houses on it, you have the exact experience aside, you have a different brand association made yes this builder's progressive oh, yeah. this builder's old-fashioned yeah and it's, a, it's a story to tell later hey we went here and we had this really cool experience with this tech of any age and I let think me we'll... show you let me show you the house that i built now on this yep. document right that is synced to my cell phone yeah i'll just show it to you and yes. that's yeah. when the other uh, big aha moment i had was a visit to a kendra scott jewelry store and I, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kendra Scott jewelry. Well, you should be because uh, it it will make the women in your life so happy to receive this as gifts. Um, but Kendra Scott is out of Austin, Texas. Started a jewelry line out of her home, went viral. She's now got brick and mortar retail stores throughout the country. And I went in one, and as I walked in, I mean, I got a, an amazing greeting by a salesperson, like check one. They did all the right things without going into the whole story. But what they really did that I went, wow, was in the initial greeting, she said, and back here, this touchscreen, this is our color bar. And what that means to you is you can choose any stone of any size, pair it with any metal of any type create a custom piece here. And then you see that lovely lady over there. She will then create that in front of you in 30 minutes and you'll walk out with it. How does that <laughs> sound? <laughs> and I cool. said, it sounds like I'm about to spend a lot of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And, and not just get a product, but get a great story to tell somebody else. Right. Which is the best gift mm -hmm. you can give a speaker. Um, <laughs> so I just saw how she, right. How she integrated right in the greeting. She sold me the benefits of the technology immediately. She integrated it into her process. Like the whole, that smoothness of how she did that. I thought to myself, our new home salespeople could do that. If they were yeah. properly trained, they could totally do that. And it would make the whole thing work better. 
So that was really how I got the inspiration for it. And yeah, I've been having some fun teaching on it. So Very well, because cool. we have gone, I know, way longer, but this has been a blast. <laughs> I'm talking awesome. too much. I'm sorry. Thanks so much for for joining us. This was as as promised, very fun. Uh, great to get to know you a little bit better, and to just talk about these challenges that that home builders have, and and what's important to focus on, and and what is noise. So, what is your favorite social channel to hang out on? Where would you prefer people reach out to get in touch with you? Well, I mean, they definitely, if they want the fun factor, then they should follow my shoes on Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's at Meredith Shoes. So that's two S's, Meredith mm-hmm. Shoes 22. Um, I tweet a lot. So at Meredith CSP on Twitter. Nice. Um, I'm, on, I'm on them all, Facebook. You can, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, but there's no cat videos on that. So, huh. <laughs> right it's not it's not really as fun but but yeah wherever you're at i'm there happy to know you awesome all right well thanks again and i'm sure we'll have you back uh, in no time because because this has been a blast awesome thanks guys thank you was awesome to hear from Meredith. I had no idea she is a fellow Florida native from Orlando yeah. too, which is like, we've all been there for IBS. It's We're all happy that Vegas, I think, is we're going back to Vegas <laughs> next true. year. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, that is so cool. If she you're going awesome. to see the mouse, it's awesome. It is good, and yeah. And that's not really real Orlando if you think of like, if you look on the map. Um, it's oh, I've been to like, downtown Orlando. Yeah, I know. There you go. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was great. And now we have the question of the week, which was, do you invest time or money in pure branding activities that you know you will not be able to track direct sales to? And this is second week in a row, in a row that we've had a lot of comments on the Facebook group. Yeah, so I think we totally it. confused people who tried to answer before they listened to the episode <laughs> we with did. Jenny, because again, what we're really talking about by branding here is is storytelling and things that are more strategic and higher, higher level strategies than just the tactical AdWords, Facebook, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that you will, we'll just go through some of these things. I think people still were thinking about branding in terms of medium. Yes. Medium could, mass market stuff. You could, I mean, for home builders, I don't think you could, but you could do television tactically, or you could approach television from a branding perspective, right? You could approach, you'd be wrong in trying to use Google AdWords to be branding. You would. Some people mm-hmm. try it, but you could. So I don't think branding is a channel thing as much as a creative and and storytelling. Yes, more the creative approach. angle versus, yes, I agree. And the lack of a, a attribution to a direct sale tomorrow when it happens. Correct. So putting, yeah, and back to last week, like putting effort into like the Bixton mural that Yay Homes did. And yep. not, but not pr- how did we promote the mural? Um, but did exactly. you actually do the mural itself? Um, exactly. So let's see. I'll start from the oldest comment. Or actually, I'll start at the top here with Will Duder. He was being funny. Will Duder stat. Do you mean TV? <laughs> no, we just answered that. No, but we've, we're just confused. And then going down this way. And then Kevin, you replied with YouTube is TV, right? And I had some comments on there. And I have some really cool stats I want to distract people with. Um, 
YouTube ads, if you run them, go do your calculations cost per hour or medium or minute watched or second watch. It will blow your mind and you'll want to spend a lot more money on YouTube um, for brand. If you have a good branding story if to tell. If you do have a good story to tell, which of course adds into the cost per. But it is yeah. insane. I'm keeping the numbers for uh which which now. cracks me up because again <laughs> back to our discussion with the Facebook rep like all these things all all these companies are like well videos don't don't make video hard guys just make a slideshow with some some audio mm, and that's yeah. where I mean mm, mm. nope 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 Sean Carpenter said I spend lots of money on branding if you count socializing and buying beers for my clients golfing and other personal engagement activities I know it brings me business but it's a mixture of all the things I do that earns me the business direct or referral to which I said, that's exactly what I meant. Um, because that is, that's you. I mean, Sean, again, mm -hmm. as, a, as a real estate agent himself is his brand. Yes. And that's where investing in yourself is not always just, you know, learning. It's not a book. It, it could be buying a really good Sony a seven camera so that you can get great photography and video of your kids doing soccer or whatever that's right. else you would and... use it for. And I'll say this because I'm not you and have however many amount of comments on that post of people that you want to see. You know what I mean? Like well, not, this goes not intentionally. This goes <laughs> this goes back to our conversation with Meredith. It always does crack me up. I could write the what I think is the most helpful, insightful blog post ever for home builders, and I might get 25, 30 comments or engagements of some type, you know, but still kids and puppies reign supreme when it comes to that's right. It fits that's the apparently, channel why you're really friends with me. That's, so that's right. cool. That is cool. That's cool. Tori Barker says, I think you definitely spend money on overall brand exposure and recognition that you may not be able to track with analytics, but they are good and necessary means of business. And Tori, I think you work for a larger home builder. Yeah. So you work for one of the top, we'll just say four or five for people who aren't in the market proof marketing group. So, I mean, that's when you're big, you have to worry about brand because you do. There's there's already oftentimes a preconceived perception of, of who you are, and you have to have storytelling and branding to try to get that to to perhaps be different than what you want it to be, yep. or at least in line with with who you believe you are. For sure. And Carrie said, "Would you consider promotional items branding? I hate those <laughs> things, but we order more every year, and I just feel like they're ending up in landfills. Thousands of dollars every year spent on that." Um, and then as Laura, I take a sip out of my, do you convert branded mug? That's right. I was just drinking out of my, uh, destination homes, Yeti mug. Oh, that's such a good cup. It is. Good so, job, and guys. that's what this ties into, uh, Laura's uh, comment. Agree with this one, Carrie. I hate buying half of it just for kids to play with and toss. I'm always looking for things people will keep or that survey purpose, but then they cost a lot of money and I don't want to hand them out. So I, <laughs> I don't have the right answer on this one. I have no idea, but. I'm really favorable for the higher end, nice stuff that people will keep and use like the Yeti ones. Like they'll be well, carrying that around everywhere mm -hmm. if it's the right person yeah. that gets it. Um, to me, it goes back to give it to the right person. Don't correct. give it to the, the five-year-old is not going to convince anyone else to no. purchase your home or to consider it again. And I, when you're talking about your actual homeowners, the customers who do business with you versus every mm -hmm. unit of foot traffic through the door or, or even worse, everyone who went to some random park on neighborhood community day, yeah, you know, giving them all frisbees is not going to help. But if you give someone something that, that they can use throughout their life or provides value or to Meredith's point, helps you tell the story, 
And it's worth every penny because you've already, you know, your cost per customer acquired is probably, you know, at least a thousand dollars or more. Mm-hmm. And if I've told the story of my cupcakes before, but two dozen cupcakes gets me a referral and I can prove it because I have it on tape when we did the focus group that I know at least one person that year found out about our company from cupcakes. cupcakes. So I like cupcakes. There wasn't any food on this on this post, which I, no. I think more people do. Food. I've seen more food on Instagram following builders. I think they forgot about that being a a branding thing. And then, no. yep. And the last one is Charlie Murphy said we started doing a few recurring Facebook lives. I thought these were going to be purely branding. It was really quietly against. Turns out we did get a few leads per week from conversations started during the Facebook lives or people who walk into the model homes and they say they saw the Facebook live. So he was wrong with the sad face, but he's happy because it worked. Um, and Laura, who works with him, is even more happy because she was right. <laughs> I like that. Even better. Yeah, the last, yeah. The, yeah, Facebook likes pushing those out as far as within the feed because they are not commonly used. So they like to push those out on the news feed. Yeah, and they're approachable too. I mean, yes. not everyone else wants to hop on live with you, but to just ask you a question, I think just they're, they're, they feel approachable, interactive. And a lot of times, even though Charlie mentioned, you know, conversations starting during the live, the stats will show you that obviously way more people are going to watch it later when it is not live. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it it still becomes content that's used and, and meaningful long after you stop hitting the record button. Yep. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, let's go over to this week's question of the week, which is, does your builder incorporate any in-model technology for use by your sales team? If so, tell us what it is. Uh, let's get the discussion going. Do you use an iPad mirroring to a screen? Do you use touchscreens, a computer? Uh, do you self-project AR um, straight to the walls? <laughs> yeah. What is it uh, that you do to incorporate technology as part of the sales presentation? Let's find out. It's exciting. That'll do it for us. Long for one this week. Yeah, a little long one. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. At this point, I haven't done a count. There's probably over 250, 300 different articles, videos, tools, uh, resources. It's all there for you. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's all free. And we'll see you next week. See ya.